Hey nerds, welcome back to another podcast of No Country for Pop Culture. I'm Rico Moore, and I'm joined by my partner in Top That Films, Liz. She's filling in for Justin Moore, who will hopefully be back sometime this week or next week for another episode. But until then, she will be filling in and just uh, taking up the reins. And she's been doing a great job the last two episodes, and we're going to continue the tradition of giving you things that's uh, pop culture relevant and of course, we're hot off the heels of the ending of San Diego Comic-Con 2019 and the biggest news out of that Comic-Con, of course, as always in the past couple of years, is Marvel and the anticipated announcement of Marvel Phase 4. We understand that Endgame was pretty much one of the best uh, culmination of 10 years, 22 films of Marvel. It was an epic event. It was an event to go and see the movie. Uh, if you're like me, you saw it more than once. And congratulations to Marvel for surpassing Avatar as the all-time leading highest grossing film of all time. Uh, which again, you know, some people can kind of complain that, you know, they kind of lured people back to watch it a second time. But most of us, you know, um, would have seen it a second time anyhow. And of course, it's debatable about was it worth seeing with those so-called extra footage and, you know, of course, the Stan Lee um, tribute was definitely um, a tearjerker. But let's go ahead and talk about the announcement of Phase 4. Um, right off the bat, let's just go over the timeline and just the movies. Um, one notable thing, if you notice, and I'm pretty sure if you're looking at this, you've already checked out the timeline. You've heard a lot of other uh, announcements or videos or reviews, uh, whether it's podcasts or YouTube and such like that. But, you know, let me, um, before I move on further, hey, Liz. Hey, Rico. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. All right. So, um, welcome to another podcast. Thanks. All right. And again, we're eagerly talking about the launch of Phase 4. And the significant difference about this launch, not only is it just a two-year, and I think Kevin Feige has already been quoted as saying that he really didn't like to call it a phase, that, you know, had Phase 1, 2, and 3. It's just that... That's how we recognize the the Marvel films now is in phases. But this one's uh, notably shorter. Um, the phase, quote-unquote, phase four is about two years long, as, you know, with the last phase, it took about four years. Another notable difference is that the content, it will be, half of it will be in the theater release, and the uh, other half will be on Disney streaming. And so that's just a big um, gamble. That they're taking that people will not only go to the theaters, but they'll want to also watch uh, at home. And if you think about it, that you know, at, home, at the theater, you go there and watch it one time. But now they're asking you and they're seeing will the audience be willing to sit and watch multiple es episodes that tie in? And will they feel like they have to watch it? So that would be a, um, interesting to see in the next couple of years. But let's go ahead and talk about the lineup that they have. Um, and I'll just go, first of all, just break it down just in case maybe you did not catch up or maybe you're just coming into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the movies that will be released, select, you know, starting next year. So um, we won't have anything until May 1st, 2020. And that will be the Black Widow film. Uh, followed by the fall of 2020 on the Disney streaming will be The Falcon and Winter Soldier. And that will take us into November 8th, 2020, The Eternals Movie, their cosmic adventure. And that will pretty much take care of 2020. 
Um, oh, forgive me. I did leave out. I don't know how I did that. Um, February 12th is 2020. And I might have to do... No, I'm sorry. That's probably 2021. Yeah, 2021. So I was quickly writing my notes. But yes, Eternals will end us in 2020. February 12th. Thank you, Liz. <laughs> 2021 will be Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Then you'll have spring 2021, back to Disney streaming, WandaVision. Followed by May 7th, 2021, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Carrying on into the spring, we'll also have Loki, the TV series, and What If. That will be in summer 2021. And then in the fall, so we have a series of Disney streaming. You have Loki, then What If, and Hawkeye, which will be the introduction of Kate Bishop, his uh, next person to take up the mantle of the bow and arrow. That will be fall 2021. And then November 5th will be Thor, Love and Thunder, and we talked about that last episode. And then again, he dropped the mic at the end with no date or director or anything like that but blade and that one i think you know i have my favorites in this i'm gonna tell you right now that is going to be one of my favorites right there all right so we're going to talk uh we're going to break down let's talk about the black widow film um you want to tell us who's in um the black widow well it's uh directed by kate shortland and you've got david harbour as the red guardian and he's uh Really big right now. He's known for his role in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Florence Pugh as Pugh Pugh. <laughs> Yelena. Uh, Scarlett Johansson yes. as the Black Widow. Rachel Weiss as Melina. Uh, and O.T.I. should have figured out how to say his last yeah. name. Yeah. Fabini? Mm-hmm. Maybe? Sure. As Mason. I don't, <laughs> I don't know him. I, re- I recognize the other names, but his is the name I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think if you look at these also that you'll notice when we talk about some of the um, actors and actresses and directors that you're going to see that Marvel is continuing the, the tradition also of just diversity, but not for the sake of diversity. Uh, you know, you don't have um, you'll have female and male directors uh, from different backgrounds and uh, not only just um, their their filming background but just all things also and we like to see that that just everyone's representative that's really big for me uh but you know the black widow uh, of course spoiler 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 so if you have not seen endgame or if you have kept away from endgame you might want to just uh maybe fast forward a bit till you <laughs> get just to not listen yeah and this <laughs> part but of course you know we know so three two one okay spoiler we know that black widow did sacrifice her life for the soul stone and so she at the end of endgame she is dead and she could not come back hulk tried to bring her back but you know would not happen and so we know that black widow is going to pick up right after civil war so you're going to follow her and more of the red room where she was raised as a uh assassin uh we know we have um that Rachel, Rachel Vice. Vice. Uh, I, I remember her in the Mummy series, and she's done other things. She's very diversified, but she's going to be played Melina, who in the comics it was always had to be under the shadow or follow the shadow, or always just a step behind of what the Black Widow could do. Um, 
Natasha Romanoff, so she's had a hatred for that. Her uh, Black Widow, we find out also is just a not just Natasha Romanoff's name, but Black Widow is assigned to assassins. So you'll have Florence Pugh, um, talented actress, who'll be Yelena, Yelena, who will be the current Black Widow at this time. I think you know, you know that Scarlett Johansson's character, Black Widow, broke away. She joined the Avengers. So, but you know, the Red Room tradition still must go, carry on. And she mentioned David Harbour. Again, he was in uh, Stranger Things and he, you know, stepped out and did Hellboy, which was not a financial or critical success. But, you know, he's going to still... But it was fun. Yes, it was fun. And so he's at that one. Uh, possible other that they mentioned, maybe Taskmaster uh, might be someone who trained uh, the ladies. Uh, if, you're if you're not familiar with Taskmaster, he is... Uh, he's in the gray area. He's really a, a work for money. In the comics, sometimes he's portrayed as helping others. So he's a gray area anti-hero. Uh, with him, I like is that he has a photo, not just like photogenic memory, but he has a muscle memory that whatever he sees physically, he can repeat. So if he sees Captain America fight, automatically he learns the skill of Captain America or uh, you know, Black Widow, or just a tactician when it comes to sword, guns, uh, hand-to-hand -hand combat. So hopefully we'll see him in that one as well. Uh, so moving on to the next one, uh, which will be the first Disney streaming. That'll be The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, reprising the roles as The Falcon will be Anthony Mackie, who, again, spoiler, uh, is given the mantle, given the shield by Steve Rogers to carry on the tradition of uh, Captain America. And Liz noticed the title and says, okay, it's still the Falcon. So it'll uh, be interesting to see, you know, he will have the shield, but definitely not changing his name. And Sebastian Stan as Bucky Barnes. And you also have Emily Van Camp, who will be reprising her role as Sharon Carter. Uh, which, you know, if you watch Civil War, that is Peggy Carter's niece. And also, for a little bit of time, was uh, Captain America's love interest for that one hot minute. Uh, one thing we know is six episodes there. And so, you know, Netflix usually run 8 to 12, 14 episodes. So six, I, I like that number. I think that will, um, you know, definitely would take you, you know... I don't know if they're going to drop it all at once, so you can just do Bench or um, Disney. I believe they do once a week or something like that. So um, we'll see about that one. I'm going to let Liz go and talk about The Eternals. And that is also kind of new for me. I know them. I've been a big comic book fan. I was never a cosmic fan. I was, you know, I followed the X-Men when they had to, you know, the Phoenix Saga. I know the Shi'ar um, Empire and, and the Brood and all that, but... As to following Galactus or um, who else, Silver Surfer, the Eternals, uh, even Thanos, you know, until he came into Marvel Universe. I wasn't, I have to admit, I was not a big galaxy person. But the ensemble is incredible. Uh, and you want to talk about the ensemble? Yeah, like you said, uh, I know I knew nothing until you told me a little bit about this. But then when we were doing a little bit of research and pulled up this cast, it looks really really great so you got angelina jolie mm -hmm. um richard madden kumail nanjini and i like his comedy he's really funny yeah. so i wonder what his character is going to be like selma hayek brian tyree henry and he was also in um spider-man Sp yeah. mm -hmm. 
You're gonna have to say his name already. Oh uh, yeah, Korean. Uh, Dong Seok. Uh, Dong Ma. Um, Korean, and you have um, other roles, but uh, just right off the bat, I mean, just the Eternals again uh, are created by celestials and uh, cosmic beings, who uh, for, you know it'd be interesting there because they're introducing a new niche again. You know, most people know Avengers and X Men and Punisher, Daredevil, but when you get to cosmic, you know, uh, a lot of people might not know so much. But again, that's they they. Really hit it big on um, on Guardians and Galaxy. Again, they were B-listers also, and they you know just was a amazing success. The the first Guardians of the Galaxy. And going with what you said about uh, more diversity in the cast and the directors, you've got um, Chloe Zhao, who is the director, and she's a Chinese film director. So you got some more diversity there. Yeah, and even uh, the Black Widow has a female director as well. And again, just making that, uh, uh, just mentioning that, just showing the diversity. But I like the fact that when you watch a movie, you won't say, oh, I can tell this was directed by a female, male, or a different race. But we just love how it just, um, again, the representation behind the camera. And the two ladies, you know, the um, uh, the Black Widow also, who is directed. Shortland. Yeah. And you look at their week on IMBD. Did I say it right? IMDB. Uh, IMDB. <laughs> uh, that when you look at their body of work also, not all comic related. So I love how Kevin Feige is looking and saying, I like this style, your your direction. Let's add that to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And so that's uh, fantastic right there. Uh, moving on to the next one. So we have the Internals, November 8th. And then we have Shang-Chi, The Legend of the Ten Rings. And I'm um, excited because, again, we have more representation. And uh, I tell you, with me, uh, I am Korean and African-American. And I'm pushing my 50s. I mean, I'm, I'm 47 right now. But growing up, I didn't care. Uh, when I was in second grade, that's, I think, actually kindergarten is when I first got into comics. My dad would just bring me a bag of comics. And, and I was hooked there. And I never... Thought, you know, oh, how come there's, you know, only white characters? How come there's not enough black characters? Why is, you know, only black characters like Luke Cage? And he always says, sweet Christmas, you know, wearing a tiara and an afro. Never thought of that. You know, as I got older and my nephew was, uh, who's in high school now, got into the Marvels. And he was born, I tell you, you know, he was born into the right time. Uh, he was five when the first Iron Man movie came out and... He dressed up as Iron Man. He dressed up as all the things. And I love the fact that you didn't matter what race you were. You know, you could dress up. But it's good to see more representation. Um, and again, because it, when you talk about the Silver Age of comics, which was in the 1930s, um, 1938 to about mid-1950s, you weren't going to see a lot of African-American representation or Asian representation or Hispanic in a, you know, positive light. Because, you know, in the 1930s and when World World War II, you knew we had the Japanese um, in very racist situations and uh, or the Germans. Um, it's just a different era. So you didn't have a strong uh, representation all those. Even going into the Silver Age, which was sort of 1956. So, you know, you still had civil rights movements and stuff like that to the 1970s where you did have more representation again you had luke cage you had black panther um shang chi 
uh, who we're talking about now, um, that he's going to be the first Asian um, Marvel hero that's going to be promoted on the silver screen. And so excited about that one. Uh, that one is going to be directed by, uh, let's see, where's my director? Uh, Destin. Destin. Daniel Creighton. Yeah. And uh, she was, uh, he is a Hawaiian director. And again, you can check out his body of work. But uh, uh, Liz was very excited about the female cast uh, or the character. Um, Aquafina is going to be in this one. It's very excited. Um, and also, I'm going to let you take the lead on pronouncing these names, but when you get to the last one. Yeah. So have you seen Aquafina and other things or just? Uh, yes. Yeah. But I, don't put me on the spot of listing things at the moment. And we're going to look at it. Right <laughs> you keep talking. Okay. Uh, so... Again, you know, while she's looking up the some of the work that Aquafina is in, that um, excited about that, and just I'm curious also how that's going to fit into the new. Um, again, I'm trying to use Phase, but we're going to keep it Phase Four. We're all going to call it that. <laughs> um, just how that ties in, because you know he is going to be similar to um, Luke Cage or Iron Fist. So there's no guns and uh, you know beams shooting out of their eyes or flying he's a martial artist again akin to iron fist uh which you know that one had mixed reviews on netflix series but that's gonna he's gonna be played by simu Liu. and again forgive my pronunciation i've not seen him anything but who i'm excited about is the the title again um and the legend of the ten rings and we remember even in the for Savvy, you knew comics when first Iron Man came out. They mentioned about the Ten Rings. And you even had one of the villains uh, who later on was killed. Um, you know, you can see him playing with his finger, his ring on his finger. So hinting maybe he might be possibly linked or maybe even the Mandarin, which, uh, of course, Iron Man 3, you know, really catfished us in traditions of... Um, the Mandarin, where we turned out, you know, a lot of people flipped their wigs when they said there was going to be Ben Kingsley uh, because he's a British actor. And we know the Mandarin Mandarin is a Chinese um, villain. But it turned out that, you know, if you watch, spoiler again, maybe <laughs> if you've ever seen Iron Man 3, maybe you're so who you, uh, it's possible. Maybe you knew nothing about, um, I think it was Liz. She was familiar with Marvel Cinematic Universe. She didn't see every single film. And, and, uh, so I might check it out and say, you know what, I want to see Iron Man 3. And so if you have not seen that and you want to, here's another spoiler. Uh, you know, 3, 2, 1. The Mandarin was actually, uh, of course, Ben Kingsley. But he said, I was just in the movie. He was a paid actor to pretend to be the Mandarin. So now it looks like we're going to actually finally see the Mandarin, which is played by Tony Leong. And I've seen, uh, again, I saw his, many of his... Um, Chinese films. If you have not seen seen um, internal infernal, I'm sorry, infernal affairs. It's a trilogy. is just fantastic. Uh, that's where you got. There was a remake with um, Scorsese. And he had uh, oh my goodness, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, and yes. uh, I didn't see the American remake. I had Jack Nicholson and one more other person. It was called, but their American version was called The Departed. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm looking at um, I think Jack Nicholson. It was directed by uh, Scorsese. Um, but 
Matt Damon? Matt Damon, there you go. So if you had a choice, I said go check out the Asian version first. It's the original and I loved it. Um, Andy Lau was the co-star and it's just a tremendous movie. It's one of my favorites I could watch over and over again. Uh, I was excited when we looked him up. I didn't recognize his name, but um, I've seen two of his movies. First, when I was looking it up, I was like, he's been in a ton of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but he was in In the Mood for Love, which is uh, a wonderful movie. If you haven't seen that, I really enjoyed that. And Chunking Express. Um, both of those movies I really enjoyed. And when I realized that's who that was, I got more excited about this movie, too. Yeah, so again, that is coming out uh, February 12th. Uh, you think about when Black Panther came out in February, also um, two years ago. So looking at, you know... Um, you know, another big crowd, you know, Black Panther definitely had a large representation of African-American audience. So hopefully um, you have an Asian audience come out and support this one also. Possibly because um, Aquafina was in Crazy Rich Asians. And yeah. so that had a huge Asian mm -hmm. representation. So yeah. that might transfer over to this film. Yeah. Maybe. And, and again, you know, some people, uh, you might say, what's the big deal? What's the, you know, who cares about race or too many people get caught up with like, why do I have to have all this representation? And again, you know, everyone's going to be different. But for me, you know, um, my lifestyle where I work, where I hang out with people, I um, see a diversity. And so I like to see diversity of um, on the screen as well. If I don't, again, I don't, you know, um, riot or picket or, you know, get on the key, be a keyboard warrior and just say injustice, injustice. But uh, it's good to see that. All right, so again, that will take us into February 12th, leading to my most anticipated for me personally. Mm -hmm. And I have to ask Liz, what is hers? We have Wanda Vision. And I thought it was just Wanda Pause Space Vision, but it's Wanda Vision. And so that is going to be six episodes. So that's going to be a lot to pack in in six episodes. And of course, you have um, Paul Bettany, which again, spoiler. You know, was <laughs> killed uh, twice in Infinity War, uh, who was the love interest of Elizabeth Olsen's character, Scarlet Witch. Uh, you also have, uh, help me out with this one. Tayona Paris. Tayona Paris, which she'll be playing Monica Rambeau. If you watch uh, Captain Marvel, uh, that is when uh, that is a young daughter who now will be full grown. Uh, if you follow the comics, she becomes Photon. So it'd be interesting to see. If she has any of those powers, or possibly those powers are given to her by um, Scarlet Witch. Uh, so this one, again, um, this is kind of uh, new to um, the comics, but not entirely new. But I mean, she can, she can hold her own, and I've been getting a lot of books to study. Uh, <laughs> what are you reading right now? Oh, see, I knew you were going to ask me, and I don't know. Uh, I'm reading your comics, but... Yeah. I forget what they're called because it's not in front of me. Wait, wait. Huh. Avengers Disassemble? Yes, very okay. good. There you go. See, ahead of the class. Yes. Uh, so, again, uh, this is very interesting because um, WandaVision and, you know, there's rumors of Scarlet Witch appearing in Doctor Strange. But when they gave the title Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Badness, uh, I think a lot of Marvel comic fans are, you know, really salivating at this um, prospect of uh, incorporating, and that we know that with the Fox merger deal, uh, we they can now say mutants and Scarlet Witch. You know, you know, up to this point, they haven't used 
the character's name, Scarlet Witch, in any of the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. But if you have, and again, and I love the, the beauty of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you don't have to know the comics at all. You know, it's uh, it's accessible to all. But I'm especially, um, she's right now reading the Avengers Disassembled, which was written by Michael Bendis, uh, who is a phenomenal writer, in my opinion, and in, uh, illustrated by David Finch. Again, just top-notch artist. If you get a chance to get to that um, paperback or trade or look it up online or read the Wikipedia or whatever you want to do, it's a great read. It's fantastic. You can start at... Avengers Disassembled. Uh, I won't give too much away from that one. Right, I'm only on the third one. Yes. And then if you read the Disassembled, which is four issues, then by all means pick up um, the, um, oh my goodness, is the Marvel uh, Utopia. Uh, it's with the X-Men and the new uh, Avengers and the Uncanny X-Men, which is... Um, I just totally forgot the name of the book right now. I can I dug it up out of my comic book bin. Um, and it's not Utopia. That was gonna be later. House of M. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm House of M. If How you read, dare you. yeah. If you read uh, Avengers Disassembled, then go right into House of M. Another uh, limited series. That one's also uh, written by David Michael Bendis. Uh, but. Uh, I believe in this one, without giving too much away, that something's going to happen, obviously, with her and her um, um, lamenting of, of vision. And um, I think you said it was said. It went, what? It was saying um, someone was quoted. I can't remember who. I think Elizabeth Olsen had said it was going to be set in the 1950s. Mm. So you've got some sort of time hop there. Yes, and again, I'm not... In one part of the comics, uh, I think the vision... Actually, uh, again, I haven't read all of it that are uh, either in his mind or something created where he's married and has a family uh, in the 1950s. So perhaps, um, again, up to this point with um, uh, Scarlet Witch's uh, Maxima, Wanda, her powers was always just attributed to uh, the genetic research by, you know, um, Von Strucker and also... um, you know, one of the Infinity Stones. Uh, but now it's going to be revealed also that she is more closely, um, when it comes to the power of mysticism as Doctor Strange. So possibly she's practiced more and more of her sorcery and that's going to cause some kind of chaos, uh, which will bring us to Doctor Strange and uh, the madness of the multiverse. And two key things for me is madness, of course, because in the comics, again, read Avengers Disassembled, her falling into depression, she lost not only vision, but she also lost, um, you know, Quicksilver. And then you have the word multiverse, um, which opens all possibilities of, again, how you can possibly bring in the Fantastic Four and the X-Men. So, and um, again, in the comics, um, Wanda and Pietro Maximoff are the offspring of Magneto. And uh, of course, but they couldn't say that because before the Fox merger, Fox er, uh, owned the rights. So Marvel, Kevin Feige could not use the word mutants, couldn't use any of the characters' names. So it'd be interesting for that one. And that one is going to be the returning director of um, of Doctor Strange. Uh, and I 
with my hands, I just close it out. We're going to have the returning uh, um, director. Cumberbatch. Yeah. Oh, the director? Yeah. Scott Derrickson. Yeah. Yeah. Which he promises this is going to be, uh, again, you have, you know, Captain America's uh, Winter Soldier had the espionage, um, Cold War feel to it. Um, this one is supposed to have the horror feel, appeal to it. And so it'll be interesting to see how closely they can get to horror, you know, while still having it that, you know, families can see Doctor Strange because they're still, you know, still owned by Disney. So we're hoping they can push the envelope and make it uh, what they said. I mean, they said it, not us. So if you're going to make it horror, you better... You know, I like to see the uh, horror aspect of it. All right, so we're nearing the end, and we're going to get the home stretch. Um, Loki will be another um, Disney streaming, followed by What If. Uh, only thing we know about Loki is, what do we know about Loki? Uh, Tom Hiddleston has been cast, and that's about it. Oh, in six episodes. Yeah, six episodes again. Six episodes in a movie, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, we did know last time we saw Loki that he did escape. Uh, with the Tesseract, or they call it the uh, Power Stone, if you want to. And so, you know, possibility of him time hopping and just causing uh, chaos and stuff like that. So, And then we got the What If. I remember, again, I'm, I'm old school, the What If comics. Old. Mm-hmm. Yes, old. Emphasis on the old. Uh, what If comics was just, you know, what if, um, you know, that... Peter Parker would have saved Ben Parker. Oh, what if, you know, um, you know, the thing or whatever, or the Fantastic Four didn't go through the cosmic race. So just, you know, parallel uh, timelines. Um, this one actually is going to be all animated. And so this allows... Um, I mean, you've got everyone listed here. Yeah. <laughs> it's It'd be crazy to sit here well, and list all the names. You're fine. Yeah, that but one. do you have uh, the stars, though, who can... Uh, you know, you have uh, Howard Stark, you know, Dominic Cooper. Uh, you have, you know, Karen Gillan, you know, Nebula, Jeff Goldblum. Woo-hoo. So you have all these people who can come back and do voice acting, which is a lot easier from them because, again, they can do it from, hey, I can't come in and shoot this live action thing, but I'm, I'm in Australia, I'm in New Zealand, I'm in California, I'm in Spain, and they can just do their recording and send it. So uh, that's going to be amazing. Uh, right now it just says one episode, so we're not sure how many uh, are going to be available for that probably six to eight episodes again that is on disney streaming and that you have to wait for summer 2021 so you're looking at you know two years from now so long mm-hmm. and then we have hawkeye which is 2021 also which he's going to be introducing kate bishop uh, if you follow the comics also not only is she someone who takes up the mantle but she also is on the part of the new avengers um, so that's, you know, we're looking at what characters will be into the new Avengers, who's going to take that over the mantle of, the, of, you know, the big three, Captain America, Thor, and uh, Iron Man. Uh, one thing we know about this one, again, is eight episodes. Uh, that's really about it. And we're going to, uh, end this on the last two things we talked about. And we talked about this, um, last week about... Thor, we know that... Uh, Taika Waititi. He says that better than me. <laughs> uh, He'll be directing, mm-hmm. which I'm very excited about, mm-hmm. as we talked about in last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Looking forward to that a lot. And we talked about uh, Jane Foster, played by Natalie Portman, uh, is returning, and we know now for sure that she will be Lady Thor. Uh, which So you'll have uh, 
someone else picking up Milnor. And so we're not really sure about the relationship. You know, will they rekindle their love? We know that in Thor Ragnarok, it was definitely um, mentioned that, you know, there was a breakup. Interesting about this character, you know, Natalie Portman, is she is just a fantastic, you know, actress. Oh, I, I love all of her stuff. I'm very excited that she's going to be in this. Mm -hmm. And uh, so see her transformation. Interesting, about in the comics, Jane Foster, she um, gets can cancer. So right. she's dying. And she finds that she has a, not only can she uh, pick up Milnor and becomes the new Thor, but it, when she is Thor, Lady Thor, she doesn't have the cancer. You know, she's like, wills all the power and then some. Um, but then the use of power is making her worse when she transforms back to Jane Foster. So I wonder if they're going to use that element also. That would be, right. uh, I think she could pull that off. Oh, definitely. That's it's just really dark if that's where they go, which I know Taika Waititi's more of, you know, sit like comedy. So mm -hmm. I just wonder how that's going to mesh together if they choose to do that storyline. Yeah. See how it goes. I hope so. Again, yeah, you said with Taika to have that sensibility of the comedy, which all, you know, goes throughout Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I'd love to see her in that role. Um because, you know, past two films with Natalie Portman, she's always been the damsel in distress. So to have that vulnerability but strength would be awesome right there. And so, you know, my nephew and other people were sending me, uh, you know, uh, the Twitter also, you know, um, about what was announced. And then one last thing, you know, and like Kevin Feige did the year before, you know, when he brought out Brie Larson at the last. Oh, by the way, here's our Captain Marvel. And same thing here before everyone's leaving is, oh, by the way, Blade, you know, and uh, me, uh, I'm a big Blade fan. I was there. I mean, <laughs> again, before there was Marvel Cinematic Universe, there was Blade. And when Marvel was bankrupt, uh, selling their rights and everything, and I believe New Line Cinema uh, came out with the first Blade movie. And I think, you know, Marvel didn't even really believe it so much. They didn't even take, you know, all the proceeds. But um, uh and I was hoping uh, my boy, uh, Wesley Snipes, is going to reprise his role. <laughs> uh, I grew up with him, but it's going to be... Uh, and the person who is, um, I have no problem with. Uh, do you? No, not okay. at all. Mahershala uh, Ali, I think, will be just fine. No doubt. Um, this is a strong presence. Uh, I can see him invoking Blade, uh, the, the, the power, the, the um, strength he's going to carry. He's got the intensity. And uh, but you've never seen a Blade movie, have you? No, okay. you just showed me a video of like why Blade was important to mm -hmm. the Marvel Cinematic Universe, how it's kind of the front runner of everything. But I ha so I've seen clips of it, mm -hmm. but no, I have not seen it. Yes, and if you guys have seen Blade, uh, check that out. Also, that came out again in the about let's say uh, I have to look it up when the first appearance of the Blade comic, uh, but it was. Towards the, I think, the Silver Age of comics also. But uh, if you want to check out the movies, uh, again, the first one's a bit dated when it comes to special effects. Again, they didn't really have that much belief in it. So you're not going to see the same special effects uh, as you do now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But uh, it's, I, I tell you, it's hyperkinetic. Uh, uh, you want to know why you have um, the Matrix and their fashion and their leather coats and their all their black and all that kind of stuff. You want to know why you have Underworld? We have the vampire versus um, 
werewolves is because of Blade. Watch Blade and you see where everyone got that hyperkinetic and that world of um, of costumes and uh, the pageantry, I guess if you can say that when it comes to horror. And also that Blade was rated R. This is a Marvel comic rated R. And so you can see that they could make a rated R movie that was successful. Um, but Blade 2, I think, took it up a notch. Had more money, more faith by Marvel. David Goyer uh, wrote that one. I think he's a better writer than director. You know, if you saw, you know, um, Batman versus Superman. But uh, I'm digressing. But uh, we know that he's, that it's going to, Mahershala is going to be in it. And we don't know if it's going to be a TV series or a movie. Uh, we don't have a director or anything like that or how he ties in you know um blade is that um vampire killer um his mother was bitten while she was pregnant with him so uh he was born with all their powers but none of their weaknesses so he's a daywalker so uh enhanced strength agility um curse with the thirst of course but uh he you know uh, can walk at night and day and all stuff like that so um excited about that no announcement looking maybe um i'd be fine either way if it was a tv series or a movie again how it ties in i hope it ties in to the other characters you know um the netflix series you know the punisher iron fist uh, jessica jones luke cage um they were in the same universe but they were never mentioned you know uh in any of the films, you know, so um, looking forward to that. Is there anything, Liz, that you a lot of thrown out right here? Um, <laughs> and even Kevin Feige said there's so much more. Uh, we have five years in the making, but this is a lot for the audience to chew, and I agree. But is there anything right now that you see in the next two years that you're looking forward to? Yeah, there's two on the list that um, that I'm really interested in. Um, I'm really excited. The more we looked into it and the more we researched the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm -hmm. just because I, I really liked the Captain America movies and I, I liked that, you know, the Falcon was given the shield. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens in that. Um, I just liked that whole storyline. And I'm also, of course, looking forward to Thor mm -hmm. just because of the director and, and now knowing that Natalie Portman's going to be in it, I'm even more excited, which... That one's so far away, so at least there's something, you know, next fall to look forward to. Yeah, you know, I think we're all going to be jonesing, especially now that knowing there's nothing coming out uh, this fall or winter by uh, Marvel. So we have to wait um, about 10 months before we see our Black Widow movie. And of course, that's kind of, um, for me, that's my least anticipated not because it's a female or anything like that. It's just knowing that it's a backstory or it's a uh, prequel to, you know, Infinity War and Endgame. So um, definitely I'll watch it day one. Um, have been that way. Um, but yeah, I look forward to it. I'm going to have to get the Disney Plus. I have to show that out. Yeah. That money. <laughs> um, so I look forward to see how that goes. I'm, I'm most excited about how Disney streaming is going to work. If it's going to be able to binge worthy where you have to watch six episodes, eight episodes. Yeah, I can do six episodes in, you know, two, three days. I'm sorry. I'm not the one who can watch all of it in one day. I can't take a Saturday off. There's just too many other things to do. Um, but look, look forward to the first streaming, see how that goes, how it's going to work. Uh, my most anticipated movie, I'm going to have to wait till 2021. 
Uh, that is going to be Doctor Strange in the Multiverse. Um, I think probably... Uh, I would love to have them have a nod or a whisper about the possibility of the X-Men or the Fantastic Four. That might happen in Eternals because that is a cosmic adventure. Uh, one thing we don't see here because Sony is the next Spider-Man. And that's going to happen also. Um, definitely not in the two years here. Uh, so you might be looking at, you know, 2022, 23 before this Spider-Man. And if it's even going to be tied to the MCU. I know. I think there was a story about how if the any of the Spider-Man movies, um, Far From Home, Homecoming did not make a billion dollars, that all rights would go back to Sony and they can do whatever they want. If billion dollars was made by one of those two films then marvel could still produce a film so we'll see there um but that's what we are anticipating and being looking forward to those marvel cinematic universe um let us know what you thought you know uh about what you're looking forward to um there's of course a lot of other things at the san diego comic-con right now we're on this marvel kick you'll notice that we're not really biased but that was a big thing we we're looking for i think a lot of people were also but yeah let us know what your thoughts uh we are on twitter you can follow us and just making comments what you'd like to hear uh we appreciate you listening i thank liz for uh joining us again and we will see you soon all right bye nerds